Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams and thank you so much for joining me today. Today we have an incredible, incredible conversation with a journalist that goes by the name of Mitchell Gerber. And Mitchell Gerber has been on a long journey, almost 23 years now, that he has been following the atrocities that are going on in China surrounding the Falun Gong movement. If you are not familiar with what the Falun Gong movement is, it is an ideological and spiritual movement that took over, took over the country until a point in 1999 when it was completely outlawed by the Chinese Communist Party. Since that outlaw, they have been rounding up millions and millions of Falun Gong practitioners, sending them to more than 2,000 what they call hospitals, but what has been recently deemed to be concentration camps in the wake of the Uyghur Muslim news reporting that has come up recently. But the Falun Gong movement has been going on for what seems like a much longer time to a lot more people, and it is far less talked about. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Mitchell Gerber is an incredible journalist, an incredible speaker, and breaks down the movement very well for us from their ideology, what's going on, who is doing it, how the United States partakes in some of these things. And so let me kind of just talk you through Mitchell's bio here. He is an investigative journalist who has dedicated more than 22 years to exposing this organ harvesting of the Falun Gong spiritual movement. He has been working hard on the front lines of a significant cause, which has been coined a new form of evil. Mitchell has been traveling the world in a crucial attempt to raise awareness about the forced organ harvesting of the Falun Gong in China, where hundreds of thousands of these innocent practitioners have been sent to those state-mandated hospitals that I just discussed with you. Their organs cut out of their bodies while alive, the organs sent for massive profit to the Chinese Communist Party, and the bodies burned in crematories to conceal the evidence. There was a 2019 tribunal, which we will touch on and even listen to a little bit of, where the tribunal gets together and compiles a ton of evidence on this and determines that this horrific human atrocity has been going on for far too long. And this was back in 2019, and there's still very little conversation around it. This is something we absolutely need to draw awareness to. We also discuss a few current events and some other topics as well, but I really hope that you gain some insight into this atrocity from this conversation. Uh, I appreciate you so much. If you could go ahead and hit that subscribe button takes two seconds of your time right now join the conversation we're going to be continuing these interviews i hope to be doing them every couple weeks or so at the beginning and then making them more consistent as time goes on about all sorts of incredible topics that you guys will be interested in while continuing our weekly discussion on current events social political and culture topics so again i appreciate you so much hit that subscribe button leave a five star review if you've been enjoying this podcast or if you gain some insight from this it just helps me get up in the rankings, helps the podcast grow, helps other people see it. Um, so again, go ahead and leave a five-star review. I appreciate you so much. Head over to redpillrevolution.co. You can get all of our content there, all of the social channels, all of the podcast links. You can even go ahead and hit the uh, sign up for, if you go down to the menu, you can sign up for life insurance directly through me. It costs nothing to get a quote. Nobody's going to call you, not me, not my buddy, not any random insurance agent, but you are signing up directly with me. So if you need some life insurance, you want to cover your butt in case you die and not leave your family with a bunch of debt. It takes two seconds. I was offered a $2 million policy for less than 60, it was like $60 a month. Um, so really, really great 
rates and you will not get a single phone call, which is usually a very big issue in the insurance world. And again, you're signing up directly under my license. This is not a third party ad. So redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Episode 42 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast with a great conversation with Mitchell Gerber. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. How did you decide to get involved into this? It's uh, quite a long story. You know, in 2001, I was studying international business at the University of Georgia, and I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot. I was very stressed out. I was handling a lot of uh, uh, business clubs. I was uh, inventory manager at the College of uh, Business at the University of Georgia. I originally come from South Africa, originally my ancestors or my family were from Ukraine and Lithuania, and then they fled the Nazi occupation into South Africa. That's where I was born, moved to America, became the first in my family, Austin, to become an American citizen. And while I was at university, I was always fascinated by the Eastern way, by martial arts, by Kung Fu and Karate, from the Japanese uh, way of life to the Indian way of life to the Chinese uh, Eastern way of breathing, yoga, and um, uh, qigong, and, and, and tai chi. And one afternoon, they had a beautiful festival with all these music uh, musicians, arts and crafts. And one booth struck my interest. And I went up with a friend of mine who was attending the university with me. Her, her father was actually the president of Porsche. Uh, and he was managing all these operations of, of, of Porsche, the, the, the car, internationally. And she was also very interesting, intrigued in meditation and yoga. And I went up to this booth and I thought to myself, oh, this is very interesting. Falun Gong, Falun Dafa, a self-improvement meditation and mind and body practice incorporating five exercises. And I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. So I went to the, um, I, I saw these uh, uh, Chinese people uh, exercising and practicing and I was very intrigued, I was very attracted to the energy and the frequency because I'm a very sensitive person and I, I'm a very empathic person and, and, and intuitive person and I just enjoyed the traditional values and, and mysticism of this spiritual movement that was deeply rooted in Buddhism, deeply rooted in, in Chinese meditation and yoga namely Falun Dafa, also known as Falun Gong. So I went and tried out the exercises and immediately I just felt after practicing the first exercise which incorporates stretching techniques, 
the whole unblocking of my body. I felt all my, down my traps, down my back, just popping. And I'm like, what the flipping hell is going on in my body, man? <laughs> and I just felt very relieved. I felt a wave of energy. My whole body started to feel warm. And I felt I could just, I, I was, I, my whole body just opened up in a very short amount of time. And that's what intrigued me. Because I've usually done yoga, meditation, tai chi, um, I'm very active when it comes to gym. I love gym. I'm 42 years old, but I'm, I, it's very important to keep a well, healthy state of mind, state of body, and state of spirit. Very important in this day and time, especially. You really want to keep your body as a temple, you know, clean and clear and focused and, and, and good. So I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. So I went back to the booth after. Uh, feeling blissed out, doing the five exercises. They just took us through the motions, maybe about 10, 15 minutes. Um, and coming back, I felt very refreshed, very light and, and, and comfortable. But then I looked to the side, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I was kind of talk taken by, back and creeped out by the, 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 the all these pictures of um, um, these Chinese people being tortured and persecuted. And it said on the top of the of the of the of the, um, the, the billboard, like they had these all these billboards, stop or posters, stop, help stop the brutal persecution of innocent Falun Gong or Falun Dafa practitioners in China. And I thought to myself, well, what's going on here? You have a beautiful spiritual movement, peaceful, uh, comfortable exercises, and then you have this whole other side of the dark side of these people being killed and persecuted in China. So I wanted to know, and I really found out what was going on. So, so did you find yourself kind of navigating right from that moment, or did you kind of figure, like, kind of become aware of it and put it on the wayside and then start to pursue it later in life? Or was it like kind of like from that moment you realized that it was something that you wanted to, to dive deeper into and dedicate a portion of your life to? From that moment, something hits you in life. I was, man, I was destined for an investment firm, money. I mean, my, my father invested a lot of money on, in me. But something hits you deep down inside. And what hit me was social work. I always was a social worker. I always was a, tried to be a humanitarian. Ever since I was in elementary school, to, to high school, to college, I always loved helping people. But something ignited me inside that I had to go on a crusade to expose this evil to the world and validate and support this spiritual movement that gave me such incredible health. And people thought I was crazy. I was like, why are you giving up all this money, fame, fortune, power, beautiful woman to go on a crusade that no one really gives a crap about, a million miles away, it has nothing to do with you or anybody else, why do you care so much? Because I said to myself, and when I felt inside, and, I, and, I, and what I shared with them, to fail to support what is good and to fail to expose what is evil is unacceptable. And we have to, before we pass in this world, do something that is honorable, worth merit and valor and virtue, something that money cannot buy. So I went on this crusade. At the time, I didn't realize they were killed for their organs, which I want to get into a little later, which is incredibly heavy, hard to believe, and kind of creepy. But it's worthwhile speaking about because now the Chinese Communist Party is not only, uh, you know, a million miles away or at the gates of our, uh, our own freedoms and our own Western society, but inside our backyards ever since the coronavirus, etc., uh, etc., et came along. 
So this is how I really got into it. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, so would you say it was like, where did you find yourself getting more involved? Was it maybe in the next two years after that moment? Was it closer to the last five years? Where did you see yourself really diving into this and, and really kind of getting more into the, the deeper, darker aspects of it as opposed to kind of being intrigued by the practice itself? Right away. I was, I, I'm pretty much an extremist. And when I feel intuitively that something is right to go for, I'll go for it. So at that moment, when I came home, I, I learned the exercises. I read everything I wanted to read about the, 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 the practice. I, I enjoyed the spiritual philosophy. It really matched and aligned. And the principles were quite attractive, which are very simple. Truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. Three universal principles that aligned with my my Judeo Christian faith, and I found the exercises quite attractive, very healthy and comfortable. It helped me stop drinking. It helped me stop smoking. It helped me align with positive principles in my business, in my love life, in my environment. People started to feel that I was much more confident and 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 uh, enthusiastic and positive, and it was overall it gave me a great. A uh, uh, healthy demeanor, more than I had before, and then because I really stand for humanity, and I am a, basically I'm a warrior that exposes evil and defends good, as I am now. Um, uh, I got involved with uh, with uh, exposing child trafficking raids, and I went on a couple of myself on the border of China. I raised a lot of money for child children in in, in Africa for sl- for the slum children. Uh, human trafficking victims in Vietnam, where I am now. Um, I, I've, I've been doing a lot of humanita- humanitarian work. So from the get-go, I took on this m- mission and crusade to expose the, uh, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party that's basically inside every known government agency, the U.S. military, the, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and I'm here today exposing it close to the Chinese border, across the pond. Uh, uh, with my with my wife and and soon to be a child. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you kind of bring up that spirituality aspect and and what's intrigued you about martial arts and yoga and tai chi and you know I kind I kind of had a similar calling myself throughout different points of my life. You know, as something growing up, I always always you know a little bit interested in the Eastern way of you know martial arts and you know grew up doing karate and, and some things like that, but. I, I think I found yoga a little bit later in life. Um, and specifically, what I think to be the most spiritual aspect, you know, there's different types of yoga, right? There's like, um, you know, the, the type of yoga that people do for a workout. Then there's like uh, Kundalini yoga, which is far more spiritual. And so, did you find the Falun Gong kind of aspects of the expression of their spirituality to be a little bit different than anything you have seen before? Or was it kind of similar to some of those different East or, uh, you know, Eastern ideologies that you've seen before? Even more simple, even more clean and beautiful. I, I loved the exercises and the music were just quite profound in comfort, in freedom, in organicness. There's no money involved. Um, there's no regimented dogma. There's no requirements. There's no hierarchy. There's no memberships. I loved it because coming from a religious background myself, it was so easy to learn, to get along with people, um, like I said, all walks of life, all backgrounds, all religious affiliations, 
uh, or political uh, uh, um, um, bases, it didn't really matter who you were, from Muslims to Jews to Christians to atheists to agnostics, Catholics, uh, black, white, transgendered, homosexual, it, doesn't, it didn't matter. I found these people a wonderful group of people and learning the exercises really took me back to that yoga, tai chi type of vibe. And when I was in San Diego, pretty much the yoga capital of the world, and I traveled to Bali, and I traveled to Thailand, and you go to the spiritual retreats, um, people, um, I, was, I, was, I was teaching uh, or sharing the exercises, the Falun Gong exercises, also known as Falun Dafa exercises in the yoga studios. People really resonated with these exercises because they loved yoga so much and Tai Chi, and they felt an overwhelming peace and prosperity from these exercises. The energy particularly, because when you're dealing with yoga, as you see, that you do have a spiritual aspect, but there's also a physical, energetic aspect which combines together. Uh, Falun Gong is more on the, on the, on the physical, and Falun Dafa is more on the spiritual. So when you combine the spiritual and the physical together, it forms like a beautiful lotus flower of balance. And that's what I really appreciated about Falun Gong. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It seems to me, especially if you even look at like the Falun Gong movement, you look at the more recent movements towards even Kundalini yoga and and just even the more workout esque yogas. It, it seems to me like this is it's kind of filling a void that we've had in our society for you know a few decades now. And the Falun Gong movement, when did that start to become popularized in China? Falun Gong um, was introduced by Mr. Li Hongsur, a very humble teacher. He's been nominated for five Nobel Peace Prizes. He's been given all types of awards. I've met him. He's a very humble person. And he asks for no money. He seeks no reward. He, he wanted to benefit society. So he introduced the spiritual practice and the exercises in China in 1992. And only about 200 people started to come to his classes. But then, by 1998, Austin, a hundred million people, one out of every 12 Chinese national citizens, that's 8% of the 10% of the population growing annually, millions of people from all walks of life, military officials, government officials, the highest ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party and their families, over 30%, uh, uh, more than 30% of, uh, of, of the um, upper class society, the celebrities, just the rural people were all practicing. You would see tens of thousands of people a day, morning, noon, and night, practicing the exercises to these loudspeakers of, of traditional music, which I'm going to show you in a moment. And it just skyrocketed. It became the life force of China by 1998. However, in 1999, it was completely outlawed, suppressed, and to this day, banned after becoming the largest, the largest spiritual movement in Chinese history. And it was outlawed by the Chinese Communist Party's military dictator or evil head of the Chinese Communist Party in 1999. And we can get into that as well. Um, but I would love to share with you that clip from that award-winning yeah. documentary. Absolutely. Let's do it. I have a, I have a, a, a show uh, as well talking about all the politics that's going on in the world. And I had this award-winning filmmaker who produced this video or this, this um, um, documentary. Her name is Kay Rubicek, a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, 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 filmmaker. Uh, and she actually uh, produced the, 
her latest film, her latest work called China's Walking Dead, where she, in, where she interviews all the very high-ranking county intelligent agents, the spies, um, and, and diplomats, former diplomats, talking wow. about the CCP and how evil they are. But take a look at this. I think you'll find this most uh, interesting. Let me share this with you. Hopefully you can see this and, and hear it. Just let me know if you can hear this. Um, yep, I will. Okay. Can you hear this? In the late 90s, Chinese government surveys said up to 70 million people were practicing Falun Gong daily. Health bills were decreasing, crime rates were falling, and morality was rising. So why were these people targeted for elimination and organ harvesting? Mona Yu was one of the millions meditating in parks every day. There was a park across the street from my house. Because the first exercise site couldn't hold so many people anymore, it divided into the second, the third, the fourth. So at every street corner and in every park, you could see people practicing Falun Gong. There was from different kind in society. It was many policemen and military. It was just fundamental part of society at that time, and everybody knew somebody who practiced. Falun Gong is a traditional practice of self-cultivation, a practice of slow-moving exercises, meditation, and studying of the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance, and trying to adopt those into your life. While morning exercises had always been popular in China, Falun Gong brought more than just health benefits. For thousands of years, the Chinese people have believed in Buddhas and Taoists and becoming an immortal. Falun Gong really dared to talk about these things. And immediately people took it to heart. Oh, the true ancient good things of China have come back. However, after 50 years of political campaigns to destroy traditional beliefs, any revival of spirituality was seen as a threat to communist rule. Since I was 11, I experienced all of the Chinese Communist Party's campaigns. Group after group of good people were targeted. There was no faith, no truth. Falun Gong stood in stark contrast with communist ideology. So it would be very hard for it to be tolerated by the CCP. With more practitioners than members in the Communist Party, the party chief, Jiang Zemin, saw it as a threat to his power and overruled the government's support of Falun Gong. Jiang Zemin issued an order set up a special office called Sixth Office in charge of nationwide campaign of persecution. Known as China's Gestapo, the Sixth Hen Agency was above the law and could use any and all means necessary to achieve its sole mission to eliminate Falun Gong. The nationwide campaign began July 1999. So as you could see, these people just started practicing hundreds and thousands, tens of millions of people, Austin, and the CCP just cracked down on it, outlawed it, and started to send hundreds and thousands of these people to state-mandated hospitals, cutting out their organs while alive, forcefully, and then selling their organs 
because of the health benefits, I mean, maybe the healthiest organs in the world, because of the organs uh, being so amplified in health, because of the exercises, the philosophy, a, a healthy mind, a healthy body, healthy spirits, and they were, the CCP fueled a multi-billion dollar business globally to this day. And so it was from my understanding, too, that they really started to crack down on this when the percentage of people who were Falun Gong practitioners outweighed the Chinese Communist Party members. So it started to become a threat to their, you know, their, their governance and their belief systems when there was uh, this idea of, you know, freedom of thought. And, and maybe you can speak to this, you know, they, they were considered prisoners of conscience, right? Is, is that the term that they used? Absolutely. There's four types of groups that are prisoners of conscience. Uh, the Tibetans, I'm sure you've heard about the Dalai Lama, the Tibetan movement for a long time now has been going on. He's been going around the world, the Dalai Lama, to stand up for the Tibetans who have been also slaughtered for their organs and persecuted. You've also got the House Christians and the Catholics that have also been forced underground. That's why they're called House Catholics mm -hmm. and House Christians. You've got the Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about um, Enos Kanter, the famous NBA uh, uh, star, who's spoken candidly about this. Uh, you've heard about the Hong Kong protests as well, the invasion of the CCP into Hong Kong. But not many people have heard about what we're talking about today, the largest spiritual group. The 95% of, the, of these um, uh, organs are coming from these forced live organ harvesting and brute persecution is coming from Falun Gong. So yes, the four main, those are the four main prisons of conscience. Those are the four main groups, particularly the Falun Gong. And, and I love what you said about the, 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 because they became the largest spiritual group, the CCP was threatened by their power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up the, the Uyghur Muslims, because that seems to be something that's a, a consistent, uh, not consistent enough, obviously, with every the, the atrocities that are going on. But it's a more of a conversation than the Falun Gong. I literally, when you reached out to me, I had never heard of that term before. I knew nothing about the ideology. And this is, again, coming from somebody who's interested in Eastern spirituality movements and uh, those types of uh, ideas. And, and so it was so such a foreign term to me. I'd literally never heard of it. So I thought it must have been some underground, not well-known spirituality movement that maybe had some weird, bizarre outlook. And, and so the Uyghur Muslims was something that I had heard of, not uh, again, not consistently enough, but far more than the, the just the one email that I got from you regarding this this conversation. So it's it's why do you think that is? Why do you think the Falun Gong is is such a not not even close to the conversation of the Uyghur Muslims? And obviously, that's not to minimize what's happening to that that group as well. But obviously, this is a, a bigger problem as a whole. But why do you think that that's this is not a more consistent con conversation? Because they're making billions of dollars off the Falun Gong organs. This is a kill to, a kill to order on demand. And I was, I was testifying with my coalition, the main investigators, in the British Parliament in about 2018, I believe. And we talked about this, that the absolute deluge of propaganda, Austin, demonizing Falun Gong as some kind of villainous CIA bath cult, which is absolutely absurd, it's ridiculous, they weren't here to take over the government. They had nothing to do with the CIA. They've, they've got nothing. There's, there's nothing cultish about Falun Gong at all. It's like saying yoga or Christianity is a cult. It's got nothing right. to do with it. These are people who wanted to practice their spiritual beliefs in, 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 in freedom. 
it overwhelmed the number of people in the Chinese Communist Party's membership by 30 million people, outnumbered. That's what wow. made it the largest spiritual movement. And in a communist country, and I'm living in one, okay, because I'm married to a, a traditional Vietnamese woman, you are owned. If you think your freedoms are eroded now in the States, come to a communist country, spend one day in a communist country and try over to protest or try and talk to the central command uh, about your problems. They don't care about that because you're, you've got no public uh, rights, private rights, you've got no gun rights, you've got no uh, uh, um, um, uh, private, uh, private business rights, you've got no constitutional rights. So in China, when something becomes so large that the CCP cannot control, they will outlaw it. And so the reason why people haven't learned about Falun Gong in the beginning, the Western world wanted to know what was this life force, what was this popularity of millions of people a day, morning, noon, and night. You, you, saw, the, you saw the pictures of the, of the clip mm -hmm. I just played, practicing these slow-moving exercises from all walks of life, from all classes of society. Okay? Why, what was this? Before the Western world truly got to understand, as I'm sharing to you today on your incredible po podcast and broadcast, which I'm so honored to be on, um, Red Pill Revolution, right? Um, yes, the sir. CCP completely outlawed, banned this, suppressed it, and sent our diplomats and delegations to demonize Falun Gong in order to turn public opinion against the spiritual movement in, and, and, to, and to use them as raw materials to fund and fuel this new form of evil. Okay, and why I call it a new form of evil, this organ harvesting, is because yes, organ harvesting and organ pillaging has been widespread throughout the world. We know it from, from the US, we know it from India, we know it from other places around the world. But nothing where a government is using its military, its hospitalization systems, its entire system of control, even developing an office that sits on top of the Communist Party system and the government system, controlling economic social and political policies for one purpose and one purpose only, to round up this vast array of organ, organ donors, uh, victims, excuse me, not donors, because there's no consent, sending them to state-mandated and military hospitals under the command of a Chinese Communist Party, just like the Nazis did with the Jews in cattle cars, cutting out their organs while alive on a specified date, on demand, like a, like, just like a grotesque restaurant or, or, or a wet market. I don't know if any of your viewers have traveled to Southeast Asia where you see all these lobsters and all these squids and all these uh, um, uh, shrimps swimming in a, in a bucket and you, take, and you choose, oh, I want that one, and they take it out of the, uh, out of the, the, the wet, uh, out of the bucket, they cut it open for, uh, uh, you know, like a sushi restaurant. Well, this is happening to Falun Gong petitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, but not to the scale and scope that we've ever seen. And this is what I have been investigating and tracking and have confirmed for the last 23 years of my life, particularly against Falun Gong petitioners. Yeah, and I like the way that you, I like that you say conf confirmed, right? Because I was I was doing some research on this and I spoke to this a little bit last time we, we talked about it. But there was an article I was looking for scientific articles like EPUB, you know, PubMed articles 
regarding this topic. And it was there was I think there was three total. One of those three articles was basically disprove, like, quote unquote, disproving the idea that the Falun Gong were, were being utilized for this organ harvesting. And, and it was such a grotesque, it was a 23 page paper, 23 pages that I read through to, to get to this information. And, and they tried to disprove it as being like this folklore. So what the, what they said is because the from my understanding of the Falun Gong ideology is that the idea is that there's this wheel of energy right in, inside of you I guess is is the general I don't know I, I've read briefly on the ideology so there's this wheel of energy and in, inside of your body and um, that wheel of energy is is life force and so they tried to use that analogy to make this idea of the organ harvesting be some type of like analogy or folklore surrounding them taking the life yeah conspiracy surrounding them taking the life force from these individuals from their wheel uh, of energy through their you know um so it was just really gross to see somebody scientifically you know and obviously probably paid for by the ccp to to write this type of, of article or in, in some way shape or form push to do this because why in the world would you delegitimize such a horrific act that that's very well known to happen. And if the, the, I'm sure no, the, the viewers don't know this, what what year was it where they had? It was 2019, correct? Where they had the China Tribunal. Yeah, the tribunal. So they brought out all of the, the these different uh, non-biased individuals across it was uh, some uh, worldwide organization to try and prove whether or not this was actually even happening. And that was only three years ago. And you said you've been doing this for 20, 22 years since this movement was outlawed in, in China or 23 years, I guess. And so to have it be going on for 20 years without any type of response and, and people trying to even make it seem like it was a lie, like it was a joke. Why would anybody why would any movement why would any ideology why would anybody go to the lengths that you would have to go to to speak on on somebody doing such horrific acts to people and make that up and so to see the the propaganda that was being pushed out even in american scientific journals surrounding this was so frustrating for me especially knowing that the 2019 because i think the article was written in 2017 the the 2019 tribunal proving for a fact that this was going on. 100%. I actually have a clip to share with your viewers that this is actually going on and that this has been confirmed beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's actually been 25 years. And before okay. the tri tribunal, which was about 2019, I, I like I said, uh, was at a child trafficking court listening to MK Ultra victims. And uh, I raised money for an Epstein Island uh, uh, survivor uh, that was one of the, from, from one of the satanic families. So I got a full glimpse into what is going on, particularly with the human trafficking and the child trafficking. And I was testifying with the coalition to investigate the persecution of Falun Gong and the organ harvesting at the British Parliament. This was about uh, almost uh, uh, maybe a year later when the China Tribunal came out. But if I may, Austin, just to cover it through the, the video, just a couple of minutes. It's an eight-minute video, but I'm not going to play eight minutes, but just a couple, just to show that this is actually going on, that these people who have tried to debunk this are absolute, they are the conspiracy theorists. They are the ones that have aligned, unfortunately, with the red uh, reign of terror, the CCP, bribed and paid off like many of the, the criminal journalist media in the West, to push propaganda. They sold their souls, they sold their hearts for a piece of gold, 
what's new? There's nothing new. The World Health Organization, the United Nations, Bill Gates, Henry Kissinger, the Rothschilds, all these Kabbalists have sold their souls. Biden, Hunter Biden. I mean, we don't have to go so far. I mean, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to traitors and, 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 and evil people who have colluded with the Chinese Communist Party. We see it now rampant. Justin Trudeau, Jacinda from New Zealand, these people that have aligned themselves with a communist uh, regime for money and bribes and payoffs. So I, I, I'm not surprised that they will come out and demonize an innocent spiritual movement and say, oh, nothing to see here, folks. We're not doing it. Even the Chinese Communist Party, who were bragging on their 20 websites promoting their organ harvesting, that they haven't. That they, 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 they banned organ harvesting. They were only doing it to certain prisoners. And isn't that crazy, right? That was like 2014, yep. I believe, was when there was a law passed that the like they could no longer do it to regular prisoners. Or it was, correct me if I'm wrong. It was either regular prisoners or death row prisoners, and the only categorical. Yeah, the, they were now. So it was 2014. They passed a law that said they were no longer to, able to do it to death row prisoners, and the only prisoners they continued doing it to were prisoners of conscience, right? So prisoners it's, it's like insane. the Falun Gong, like the, the Uyghur Muslims, like the the Christians, like all of the you know these these ideological movements, which is so foreign to us being from the United States that you can be persecuted for. A thought because that's all an ideology is right it's not like you went and hurt somebody you didn't rob somebody you didn't go to a store you didn't extort money from somebody you didn't you didn't do the insider trading that nancy pelosi does and her husband on a daily basis she didn't do any of that you had a thought you had a belief a, a stream of beliefs that your life brought you down a path to meet with and you chose to go down that path because it path because it spoke to who you were and what you felt was right in the universe your universe not the not the reality of the the chinese communist party not the reality of the the democratic or the republican party but because you had a thought that you followed that you felt a calling for and because you felt that alignment with an ideology you were then demonized to the point where you were not only uh, deemed to have, have been put in prison for that thought, but then the atrocities that you're speaking to today is just such a foreign idea for us here. With just and, and and so many people want to talk to the freedom of speech being something that's like you know for speaking out against you know the the, the wrongful press or or the politicians lying and and things like that. But you know and and maybe that's the separation of uh, you know I guess we have the separation of church and state, which kind of adds on to another block of that. But to to have that constitution be the 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 dam holding back the water of all the horrific things that so many governments have done before the United States and to have our founding fathers have the foresight to just put that one thing in there right just the one thing the freedom of speech allows us to to not only speak out but to have thoughts right because the the, the thoughts are in your head and where they can start to have these persecutions is when you start to enact on them through your just verbally Right. So it's it's such a foreign idea to us. And so the I, when I heard that term prisoner of conscience was it just blew my mind that he was. And that was, again, a month ago that I heard that idea. And so to hear it become such a such a, uh, a, a turning point in their culture just for having an idea and a turning point in how many millions of people's lives that they were treated this way, not only put in prison, not only put into, you know, re-education camps, which we'll get into a little bit later, but to be literally, 
All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I need you to do one thing for me right now. I need you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, find us everywhere on every channel at Red Pill Revolt on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you get your content. We are there besides Twitter right now. Twitter kind of sucks, but you know, go check us out, Red Pill Revolt or Red Pill Revolution on YouTube. And you can follow along all at redpillrevolution.co. Go to the website right now and you can actually sign up for life insurance directly under my license without a single phone call from an insurance agent. You can just go browse the pricing, change the, the amount, benefit payouts for your life insurance, all at redpillrevolution.co and click the menu at the top and click get life insurance. All right, you're signing up directly under my license. This is not a third-party advertisement. It is the only way that you can show support just besides becoming a... paid subscriber from the website as well, which is just kind of uh, supporting the podcast. But to actually get something, you get that life insurance policy without any additional costs at all. All right. And you're signing up directly through me. I got a $2 million policy for myself for about $60 a month, which was truly incredible to make sure that my family is covered in the event of something horrible happening. All right. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and I hope you are enjoying the conversation. Their organs harvested from them while they're awake, alive, and and specifically for a thought is just sickening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why Americans need to really pay attention to this interview. Worldly citizens, specifically in the Western countries, you're seeing how your freedoms are being eroded. You're seeing Twitter and Facebook suspending and banning people for speaking up and about the um, you know, just different things that are going on around the world, this pandemic of sorts, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you mentioned the founding fathers. Well, the, uh, the, 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 the most important law, constitutional law, that all Americans, including myself and you have, because I'm an American citizen, I was the first in my family to be an American citizen, have to protect the freedom of speech and the freedom of thought is the Second Amendment. Absolutely. And this is what they are trying to take away more imp- more than ever before. And they are failing. Thank goodness. Because it is and that's step one. Right. right? Step it's step one. one. That's step one. Right. You have to take that away. And we saw today, today, I saw Joe Biden speak out on this, saying that he, he, I've done it before and I'm going to do it again. We're going to ban assault rifles. We're going to ban, you know, like him going off on and, and hear it to, to hear that happening to the cheers of an audience. How, how like spine showing is that knowing the things that are going on in different countries and we're the only country that has that right the way that we do today to, to be able and, and, and so many people want to, you know, how many stupid things he even said, he said something today that was about, you know, you're not able to fight back against the government unless you have an F-15. It's like, tell that to the Taliban, right? The Taliban st- stayed of dust off for 20 years and, and now all of a sudden they've taken over Afghanistan. Tell that to, to what's going on in, in Iraq today. They didn't need F-15s to do so. They didn't need any of that. They needed a, a, a well, not even well-formed in their case, if you watch some of the clips of the way that they, they treat combat, but a decently formed militia with guerrilla warfare is a very, very difficult thing to fight against in an urban setting. And he's saying that tongue-in-cheek because he knows that's not true. And, and, and for him to even point to the idea that, and he, he specifically pointed out Republicans 
Republicans. He said the Republicans that think they're going to fight back against their government, well, you need an F-15. How about the idea that we shouldn't need to fight back against our government, right? That's what I want a president saying. I don't want a president saying, no, you need more than that AR-15 to fight me, the big bad Joe Biden regime. No, I don't want a president who's sitting here, you know, pushing the the idea that we're going to have to fight back against our government and trying to make us seem little and incapable of doing so. I want a president who says, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. I agree. You should be able to, you know, even if he doesn't want, if he doesn't agree with the, the right to bear arms or the, you know, the Second Amendment. Maybe you shouldn't be inciting the general public that in, in, in planting seeds of the idea that they're eventually going to have to fight their government and saying it in a way that's defensive and not empathetic. Absolutely. I mean, that was such a tiny Olympic uh, uh, audience anyway. <laughs> I mean, and you wouldn't let this guy, you, you, you wouldn't let this guy uh, Biden lead you across the toilet, let alone the street. I mean, he can't even barely pull up his trousers nowadays. Even right. know, he's shaking hands with air nowadays, you know. But yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the first thing that communist regimes do. They dismantle people's ability to think critically, first and foremost. They'll divide and conquer. They'll incite hatred between one group and another. And then they'll take away the guns in the safety and security of the greater good. You've heard this before, the greater good, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what happens. But they haven't been able to do that in the United States. And that's why they haven't been going door to door like they have been in China. I want to share with you, uh, Austin, a clip, if I may. Absolutely. I got I got many clips, uh, by the way, and um, I think we have to do a part two because I I, I might have to leave by around eight fifty or eight fifty five my time. It's it's eight fifty five in the morning here in Vietnam. But let me share with you a couple of clips. The one about the China Tribunal, just coming back to confirming that this is going on against Falun Gong petitioners, if I may. Uh, and then I want to share with you uh, one. Uh, that is going on in China right now and how this relates because a lot of people want to know, well, what has this got to do with me? I'll show you what it's got to do with because if we are not, if we don't stand up against the CCP and the tyrannical uh, uh, tyranny that we're seeing coming into our countries, then, you know, we better watch out. But take a look at this. I wanted to share this with you first, if I may. Um, Here we go. Here's the China Tribunal that you were were talking about. Let's see. Um, Here we go. It says, for decades, China has been accused of killing prisoners of conscience. And it says, the the China Tribunal Final Judgment. Is it possible in today's day and time that a government would incarcerate a million people, blood test them, get their tissue samples, put that in a database, and then sell their organs around the world? Would it be possible that professional doctors would commit such atrocity to extract organs from a live body? Because it's such a huge and unbelievable crime, it's impossible to accept it at the first sight. And it shows that this tribunal was taking place in London on June 17th of 2019. The Vice President, the Durban Declaration affirms the urgent need to prevent, combat and eliminate all forms of trafficking in persons, including organ trafficking. China Tribunal, a People's Tribunal chaired by Sir Jeffrey Nice, 
considered all available evidence and concluded that forced organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience, including the religious and ethnic minorities of Falun Gong and Uyghurs, had been committed for years throughout China on a significant scale, and that it continues today. This involves hundreds of thousands of victims. Acting on independent legal advice, the tribunal concluded that commission of crimes against humanity, against Falun Gong and Uyghurs, had been proved beyond reasonable doubt, victim for victim, and death for death, cutting out the hearts and other organs from living, blameless, harmless, peaceable people constitutes one of the worst mass atrocities of this century. Organ transplantation to save life is a scientific and social triumph, but killing the donor is criminal. Government and international bodies must do their duty not only in regard to the possible charge of genocide, but also in regard to crimes against humanity, which the tribunal does not consider to be less heinous. It is the legal obligation of UN member states and the duty of this council to address this criminal conduct. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. That was the tribunal of a 50 witnesses, you know, people who have got high-ranking standards, experts, uh, um, victims were all there exposing that and we have something very similar at the child trafficking court of the British Parliament exposing this. So it's beyond a reasonable doubt. All the skeptics, and I love the skeptics, I mean you can't do anything about the freaking trolls and the agents, man, because they are, they, they, they're, uh, they're so demented and, and uh, lost and I, I hope they come back. I hope they can come back and, and, and get some sense about them and common logic and, and, and their wits about them. But when you talk about skeptics, I work hard to bring the awareness to the skeptics because I love the skeptics. I love them questioning everything until the unreasonable doubt is confirmed that this is going on. And it is going on. There's no doubt about it. So there's a lot more skeptics that are now coming up and coming to my side and saying, you know what? Before, Mitch, I thought you were a conspiracy theorist. I thought this was crazy. I did think they were a cult. I thought they were CIA-backed, a terrorist group. I, was, I thought the government was, was, was right about them. But based on the evidence and based on seeing how uh, Falun Gong has evolved into something beautiful, organic, that it's always been, and the evidence against this spiritual movement that has been persecuted, I'm, I'm starting to see the truth. And that is my mission complete. That, that, that is my sole mission. That's my intention, to get the word out on your show, on many shows, to expose this evil. For no fame, no fortune, I'm not tied to any CIA, I'm not tied to any Mossad, I'm not tied to FBI, even though I had to sit down when I received my death threat in Atlanta, Georgia. I sat down with two FBI uh, agents. They bought me lunch because I got death threatened. My, uh, the Chinese some agents uh, broke into my car. They threatened me in 2005 when I was in South Africa. I was involved in an assassination attempt, charging uh, uh, one of the ministries of the Chinese Communist Party. He was visiting South Africa, and I was there at the time visiting friends and family. I protested outside the Chinese embassy by myself. Um, the cops tried to break, you know, break me up. The, 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 the consul general called the cops, and I said to them, what did Nelson Mandela and the freedom rights movement did in, in, in South Africa when the apartheid regime was suppressing you? The same what the CCP is doing to suppress Falun Gong. And they leveled with me, they understood, and they left me to my own volition. And the CCP couldn't, the, the, the Consul General was forced to watch 
the simple protest outside of their 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 their, their, uh, their, their bunks and their home uh, and uh, their house their housing their lodging and in front and across the street to the Chinese Communist regime's consul general. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no doubt that this is going on and that this is actually now reaching a boiling point. And the mainstream media have to act because if they do not, there's a lot of complicity, alignment, and collusion with the CCP. And if they don't want to be uh, charged with, with genocide and complicity and collusion, they better come clear. Do you think they are complicit at this point? Do you think that they're in some way tied and that's the reason that this hasn't come out a, a little bit more than it has in a mainstream conversation? 100%. I mean, look at Biden. Look at Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to play you a clip, if I, if I may, uh, you know, uh, because... Um, but we don't have too much uh, of your time left, so let's, let's make sure we get some conversation in. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, if yes, you think it's, yes. it's worth it enough, for sure, we'll, we'll, we'll play it. But sure, so, sure. Um, so do you think that, I mean... Uh, obviously, we know the between the what is it the agreement uh, the the telecom agreement that uh, almost all of the major conglomerate news organizations are in some way or shape or form tied almost to the families that you've you've kind of alluded to several times in this conversation. Do you, and, and so do you believe in some way, shape or form? Now, obviously, this is an interesting time to have this discussion between the tensions rising between China and the United States above all else, right? Obviously, there's, there's the proxy war going on in Ukraine right now between the, the, the UN and United States and Ukraine and Russia. But at the same time, we're seeing tensions rise in between China and Taiwan and really China and the U.S., and so you would think if they're going to, in the same way that we've seen them demonize Russia more recently with all the propaganda, with all of the, you know, the ghost of Kiev and all of these things that came up initially at the beginning of this war after it just went, you know, completely went silent after two months of the war. It's surprising to me that our mainstream media narratives have not started to point to some of these things like these atrocities happen as propaganda to move towards a movement in the United States here today to push towards that war. So, you know, to me, it's, it's an interesting time to have this conversation and, and also including the mainstream narratives, because you would think in the same way that they've tried to demonize Russia, that they would do the same with China. And in, in the case of China, it seems much easier to do so with a lot of these uh, ideological genocides that are happening there. I, I, I agree. Um, however, they have not done that because of the being in bed for all these years. I mean, the China Gate scandal in 1996, it just goes even further, deeper than that. I mean, since the 1960s, the infiltration of the Chinese Communist Party, backed by the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds is one of the satanic families. I'm sure that is a household name, just like the CCP nowadays, who people want to divulge in the behind scenes, like the Cosanian Mafia. You've got the Freemasons, you've got the Illuminati, you know, all these, these groups ring a bell to a lot of your viewers, I'm sure, who like mm -hmm. to do, do a deep dive about behind the history. Um, and so the CCP has always been funded by the, and backed by the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Cosanian Mafia, and they have been used, the specter of communism, to rule the world. The CCP would have never been able to muster that kind of power to infiltrate into the global uh, uh, arena if it wasn't for these uh, satanic elites, okay? Because the satanic elites love the communist specter because it is the only specter that has the, 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 the deception 
to move through the Western uh, infiltration or West, Western uh, uh, lines. It's just very similar to what happened with Spider-Man 3. Remember when Spider-Man 3, it was the, it was the black, um, uh, I don't know what it was called, but it was the black uh, um, uh, well, the uh, goo, I don't know. The vet, yeah, it was Venom. Something like that, yeah. It, ta <laughs> yep, it takes Venom. over. It takes over the mind, yes. right? It takes over and influences the mind. That's what the Spectre does. It's like a black Venom that takes over the mind. It, it slowly infiltrates and then controls. That's where you see the liberalism, the radical leftism, the cultural Marxism, the cancel culture, the wokeism. Where do you think it all comes from? The communist regime. They've used the Spectre to poison the minds, particularly the left's mind, the radical left, the cultural Marxist, through the form of socialism. Socialism, socialism, it's all good for everybody. You saw some Democratic congressmen, and I'm not, and this is not about Democrats and Republicans. I don't care about, I'm a political atheist. Yeah, we're far, we're far removed from that at this point, right? Between this conversation. Far, far it's like, it, it seems like such a small yeah. conversation to even have at this point when you're talking about crimes against humanity. You know, I wonder if how many, how many Democratic versus Republican conversations were going on when Jews were being gassed in gas chambers during, you know, 1940s. But, uh, probably very, very little in terms of, of what was going on. And, and that's what's just so crazy to me is when, when you talk about Nazism and, and how much of a household name that is, this is, you know, not to, you know, be sensationalist, but this is one step further almost than what we saw, what, than what was happening in the, the, the camps, right? That, um, the, the Nazi camps, right? The concentration camps with the Nazis, because they they would mass murder them in gas chambers, but they weren't taking it a step further and doing this organ harvesting while they were alive. And we see so many people cry out, even to this day, 60, what is it, 60, 80 years later, about all the horrific things that were happening in, in 1944. But we're literally not seeing anybody talk about this. And they literally have the same terms, right? Re-education camp is literally just a concentration camp with extra steps. And nobody, nobody, I haven't seen anybody. This is the first conversation I've seen have had about this, you know, besides maybe the, the small clips that you sent to me in an interview. So you're, you're absolutely right. It is interesting to see how, you know, the, the Democratic and Republican Party is, is not even a part of this conversation, but it's more it's it's a it's a layer or five layers even higher than that to where they've integrated into the societies of both in mainstream culture in the West. And, and so. I 100% agree. And we had Nancy Pelosi say, did, did you see that clip where Nancy Pelosi, after she left Taiwan, she, she came out and said that, go ahead. Yeah, she said that China is one of the world's leading democracies. Did you see that clip? I have the clip for you. Uh, may, may, I, may I play that for you? Yes, let's do it. Let me, let me, let me share that with you. Uh, I know we haven't got much time, but I, please, because I, I, I put a compilation together for it. Um, Take a listen to this. This is exactly what you're saying. Still support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There is nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't but, take it from me. That's from Freedom House. Let's it's talk a, a little bit. democracy, yeah. courageous people. And, and it's it just, I don't know why... It is, uh, except there's some commercial interests who would like to diminish uh, the relationship. And we're looking at uh, some type of uh, like COVID um, masked people going in and taking a woman outside of her home. 
this is what's going to happen to you, ladies and gentlemen. Be prepared if you do not stand your ground against the Chinese Communist Party. Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, average citizens being broken into forced entry by communist rear guards, brown shirts. You talked about Nazism, fascism, communism. It is all under the same umbrella. Breaking into your house like this. Look, look, look at this. These are Chinese citizens. America, imagine this was you, you and your family refusing to take PCR tests, refusing to take so-called, you know, these, these things, okay? Mm -hmm. Refusing to, 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 to uh, be obedient slaves to a CCP. Well, this is what happens to you. Armed guards in handcuffs cuffing you and making you and forcing you onto, uh, uh, you know, to get uh, 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 things that the CCP forces you to get, tests and quarantine checks, forcing you onto buses. Look at this, just thrown onto buses. This is what's happening in communist China now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, not three years from now, now. And I wanted to share that with you, Austin, because I think that's very important for your audience to see this, uh, that, that, that they don't care. You're animals to them. You're raw materials. They don't care about you. Look, a woman arrested from home for refusing to do COVID testing in Shanghai, China. The, the, the army, the military, it's all the same. The Red Guards just coming in, the Gestapo, removing you like, 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 like you're nothing. So I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, well, what, what timing that you had that, that clip up in the hopper, because that's exactly the quote that I was talking about. They are some of yep. the freest people in the world. Are you kidding me? It was unbelievable to hear that clip, especially knowing the context of the conversation that we were going to have and, and see that she came out after the Taiwan scandal of, you know, there was 200,000 or 300,000 people at one point watching her flight. There was a flight radar to, uh, 365 that I watched it on and everybody was just praying China did one thing right <laughs> to take take Nancy Pelosi to their side. But um yeah, it's crazy to see that that she comes out and says that following on the backs of the Taiwan situation and, and just how frustrating that is to hear and to, and to know exactly the direction, exactly the direction our government, at least w one half of the government's going. And that's another conversation that we can have is like, you know, the divide and whether one side or the other is is the enemy or, or is aligned with the Chinese Communist Party or, or the, you know, even more so than the Chinese Communist Party, because you can go one layer above that, which is the families that you were talking about alluding to earlier because the the chinese communist party and the liberal idea ideology ideology and communist party is all just a subsection of what's above that and, who, and who's driving those decisions but to to see that one of our the, the speaker of the house of the united states of america just came out and said that chinese people are some of the freest people in the world who are you comparing that against because from what i've seen and, you know, there was even recently videos of, of the, the police there that have these uh, sunglasses that they can wear. These, these, have you seen this? There's these sunglasses that they can wear that utilizes facial recognition technology that will facially identify individuals who, and, and it will read their temperature in real time. It will look up their, their uh, ID to see if they have any like tickets outstanding or to see if they have any uh, like warrants outstanding. And it will allow these policemen, their social credit score, all of those things directly through this like AR augmented reality glasses that they're wearing on their faces today. Just like you said, this isn't yesterday. This, this isn't tomorrow. This is today, right now. There's, there's in that country, 
policeman wearing glasses that is scanning the temperature of everybody, right? And this isn't even ideology. This isn't even ideological. It's not even physical. It's not, you don't have to do anything wrong. You can be around the wrong, like literally last week, my kids were sick, right? And, and I was sick. And I would have walked out downtown to, in the city that I live in and some policeman would have picked up on that and I would have got thrown into a truck and sent to a, a camp for however many months and my family wondering if I'd ever come back. And now Nancy Pelosi's sitting on TV talking to the United States media companies saying that Chinese people are one of the freest people in the world. And this is me sitting here, been researching this for a month. I can't imagine how infuriating that is to you to hear. It's disgraceful. It's a sellout. I mean, before Nancy Pelosi was a huge advocate of, of bringing human rights to China, but it just goes to show the House of Re uh, Representatives has passed resolutions after resolutions, paper documents urging the CCP to stop the organ harvesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a bunch of garbage. Uh, and then she comes out and talks about that. And you know why? You know why these politicians tuck tail and run in turncoats? Because of the money. Because of the business deals. Look at her, her, uh, her, um, um, her son. She, he was mm. on the same plane with her. These are business deals. Look at the big guy. Look at right. Hunter Biden. Yep. All business deals, all getting rich off the blood, sweat, and tears, and the slave labor of communist China. Chinagate, I was just talking about 996. Yeah, hey, can you go into that a little bit? I, I haven't heard about Chinagate very much. I, I'm not familiar with it at all. Can you give a, a real quick brief on that? Sure. It was the worst scandal in U.S. history in terms of selling the missile defense systems technology and the manufacturing base under Bill Clinton, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, and Al Gore to the Chinese Communist Party in exchange for millions of dollars in campaign contributions. Look what happened in 2020 with the Dominion Systems. Mike Lindell came out with absolute proof. Look at Connect which is a voting election software that has been running the election systems in the United States that has, has been created by the Communist Party and the Confucius Institute, which is the propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party. The, the elections were rigged and stolen by Trump to install the CCP puppet Biden at the behest of the CCP. 80 60 to 80% of the, the, the infiltration was coming and switching of the vote was coming from communist China. So all this Russia, 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 you're looking at the wrong enemy, guys. It's the Chinese Communist Party. They've infiltrated into the U.S. military. The spies, the network of spies, the database of agents, there was leaked. 1.94 million spies. I mean, in a DOD, in a Department of Justice, in the U.S. military, the traitors in the U.K., U.S. and British parliaments, in the multinational corporations, in the criminal journalist media that have been sold out and bribed and, and, and paid off by the CCP to push the propaganda. No wonder the world hasn't learned about Falun Gong. No wonder the world has got a bad impression of the spiritual movement who were the first ones, Austin, to warn the world of the CCP through their media, the Epoch Times, NTD TV, Sound of Hope. The Epoch Times out of New York has skyrocketed in popularity. Why? Because people want to are tired of the, of, the, of the lying mainstream media 
and they want the truth. That's why they come to you. That's why they learn about, they listen to me now. I mean, it's been, it's taken me 25 goddamn years, excuse my language, to get the word <laughs> out. I mean, I've been banging on the freaking doors of these multinational corporation media agencies for the longest time. I've just got banned off Facebook. I'm banned off Twitter. I'm shadow banned off YouTube. I can't even, I can't, you can't speak anything. So where do we go? We go on, th- we go on Red, Red Pill Revolution podcasts like yourself that are actually Amen. going to be skyrocketing in, population, in popularity because people are tired of the lies and they want the truth. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that is it. You've seen a huge movement away. And it's so nice to see. And, and, and you know, you can say whatever you want about Donald Trump, whether, whether you're on one side of the spectrum or, or the yeah. other or somewhere in between. Correct. But the, one of the most amazing things that he did was open the general public's eye, eye to the Correct. fake news. Like the, 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 just the tagline, fake news. It was Jeez. everybody... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the fake news tagline changed the world's perception on mainstream media and made people realize that they were being peddled propaganda from the largest corporations. I mean, one of the most impactful videos that you'll ever see that will wake you up to what is going on in our mainstream media today is that you have, have you seen the clip? I'm sure you have. I mean, you might even have it in, in the waiting list on your videos over there with how timely that Nancy Pelosi clip was. <laughs> but mm-hmm. where all of them, where there was 150 different news people saying the same exact thing at the same exact time in this, like, uh, you know, ordered oh, yeah. uh, list of, of different companies and, and individuals, say word for word the same exact thing and how many people woke up to that because of Donald Trump right because he came out and talked about the phase the fake news CNN is plummeting right they're they're they just fired basically everybody that they have on staff hoping to bring some legitimacy back to their brand the CNN plus even Fox News is getting it right Fox News a lot of people have moved away from believing in Fox News and that's because of the legacy that has been left by Donald Trump by going after the mainstream media and news corporations for being a, a, a puppet for the, the powers that be, the, the large multi-trillion dollar families that you've spoken to. And, and it all comes off of the, you know, that's one thing that Donald Trump is realized very, very, you know, is a very powerful thing. If you can find some type of tagline, taglines start movements, right? Whether it's fake news, whether it's, uh, you know, um, the the Biden uh, Biden crime family, whatever it is, there's the, these short one off punchy little taglines that he came up with had so much impact in the movements that were created. But I literally I believe that the best thing that Donald Trump did was wake up not even just the Republican side, not even the centrist side, but obviously with CNN even, we see that he woke up the liberal side of things to what is going on in our mainstream media today because nobody, not anybody under 70 years old, does not believe what they've seen at face value now. And so you're exactly right. That's why they're going to podcasts. That's why they're going to social media. And the podcast is such an awesome medium to be able to do these types of conversations with because it doesn't have that, that you know, linchpin, that algorithm, that shadow banning aspect to it. Whatever audience you have, they're going to hear you and they're going to hear a long form conversation like this. And if you have a 
a 30 second clip and a lot of my stuff is promoted through one minute reels and TikToks and that type of thing. You can't do it justice in the same way that me and you sitting down having a, an hour conversation at this point has. It's just so impactful and it allows people to unpack things in a way that you never would have had, right? Even Tucker Carlson has a what a 25 minute probably piece on uh, throughout the night. You know, you, you just cannot go into that much detail the same way that you can in the podcast format. And uh, lucky for us, it, it, it popped off right at the right time, right as mainstream media was, was being, you know, just completely just being obliterated by the general public waking up to the idea that these things that they're saying are should not be taken at face value, at the very least should not be taken at face value and warrant extra steps, if not just bluntly not believing a word that comes out of their mouth. 100%. I couldn't have said it better. And that's why I thank God for your uh, podcast, Red Pill Revolution, uh, Austin, because you're doing a godsend. I mean, for people to come on your show like myself, especially myself, who is exposing this genocide of the modern era. I mean, when this comes out to realize what the CCP has done to the Falun Gong practitioners, also known as Falun Dafa practitioners, people are going to be godsmacked. It's been so hidden, so demonized, so, uh, um, uh, you know, just censored. Stifled, yeah, in every aspect, right? And even somebody like me who's in the game, right? I'm constantly looking for articles, constantly reading on these things that I find to be interesting and in the same world of like questioning the, the mainstream narratives. And, you know, it's what this show is entirely about. And I physically had no idea what the Falun Gong were let alone the atrocities that were happening to them until you brought it up. And, and you know, so just to, just to be able to have whatever platform I can to share that, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we're able to get this message out because there's not very many atrocities going on across the world that, that match this, this horrific thing that is happening. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. And I've been dedicated to this for 25 years. And before I leave, Austin, because it's been an honor and a privilege and a pleasure, May I share some websites that people can actually go learn about Falun Gong if they want to practice it? Um, you know, I, I would love to just share them just briefly with you. Absolutely. This is where people can, can learn about Falun Gong. Can, can you see this? I think you can. Yeah. Yep. This is learnfalungong.com. Learn, F-A-L-U-N-G-O-N-G.com. Um, and this is the exercises, again, for the body, for the mind, for the spirit, whether you're religious, you're atheist, agnostic, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the body, it increases, for, for following on what it does, it increases energy and vitality, boosts the immune system, improves physical wellness for the mind, for the spirit, acquiring inner peace is quite profound. And you can try it for, uh, uh, free of charge um, wh wherever you are in the world. This is the, uh, the exercises. It's all based on truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. These are the five exercises, Austin, actually. The first one that stretches, the second one, uh, third, fourth, and fifth. And it's, it's quite profound for health and longevity. Um, now, for people who want to learn about the history and why it has been outlawed and persecuted, this uh, particular uh, site called faluninfo.net, uh, hopefully you can see this, it talks about what Falun Gong is, the 100 million people who are targeted, and the forced organ harvesting. And you can also uh, watch really good documentaries for free as well, uh, award-winning documentaries. And you can also voice your support uh, to tens of millions remain at risk, and you can give your voice to those who, ha who have none. 
uh, at faluninfo.net, F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O.net. Now, for the skeptics out there, and this is where I bring the next website, um, it's all the reports at this particular website. This is endtransplantabuse.org, endtransplantabuse.org. Here are all the investigative reports from the, um, uh, the uh, uh, investigators, the experts. You've got the, 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 the uh, 2016 investigative investigation and update, the China Tribunal, all the academic, uh, academic articles, government reports, NGOs, books, documentaries, the media analysis, the response, taking action if you like. And if you go to the video section, you'll see the Roundtable uh, round Coalition, which is an ex- incredible panel of experts. Uh, hopefully you can see this. Yeah, you can. This is the Roundtable Coalition. Uh, David Kilgore, uh, um, Chris Chappelle, who runs China Uncensored on YouTube, Miss Anastasia Lin, who is Miss World, David Mattis, Ethan Goodman, and Matthew Robinson. And you can watch the p- complete series for free about all the investigations and reports, the victims and the numbers, the suppression by the CCP, and the legislation advocacy. All here, black and white, uh, you know, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. But again, if anyone really loves yoga, tai chi, Falun Gong is beautiful. It's a spiritual movement. And it's practice free of charge. But to fail to support what is good and to fail to expose evil is unacceptable. So again, I'm so grateful, Austin, to come on your incredible podcast to share about what Falun Gong is or Falun Dafa and the evil and atrocities behind it and against it. Because if we don't stand up against a group that is outside of our realm of, uh, of family, of friends, of business, of colleagues, then what happens when it happens to us? Who's going to stand up against uh, this evil when it starts to happen to us? When our families are dragged out, when your children are sent to quarantine camps, what, what then? So take this as a warning, ladies and gentlemen. Take this as a true warning that if we don't stand up against this atrocity and this evil that is now infiltrated into our economy, infiltrated into our uh, businesses and our uh, government agencies and our weaponization of the agencies you see in the FBI, I, you know, look at the FBI being weaponized. Where do you think that comes from? All coming from the CCP's playbook and policies. So let's just be aware about that and this. Absolutely. Well, Mitchell Gerber, everybody, where is, is there anywhere that they can find you, follow you, and then kind of follow your journey on this? Yes, you can, you can find me in my, uh, the last uh, remaining uh, um, channel, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Twitter. Twitter is uh, truthseeker077, truthseeker077. I'm, I'm heavily shadow banned, but those, if anyone wants to reach out and uh, 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 contact me, you can contact me there. Perfect. Well, I love it, Mitchell. I thank you so much for what you do. Honestly, it's like coming from my side of things, it's it, it's difficult enough and frustrating enough doing the things that I'm doing here in the U.S., which is not nearly what you're doing over there. Um, so honestly, from the bottom of my heart and, and the bottom of the heart of humanity, what you're doing is amazing and, and keep spreading the word, keep sending, you know, keep getting on shows, keep keep you, pushing brother. because you, you truly, you know, if nothing else, if nobody takes anything away from this, you changed my view on this and, and opened my eyes to something that I, like I said, never had any clue on until, until you emailed me. Um, so I truly, truly am appreciative of what you're doing. I'm truly appreciative for you reaching out and uh, keep it up because you're, you're going to make a difference and, uh, and you already have. So keep, keep doing it. 
Well, I'm honored to be on your incredible podcast and keep doing what you're doing, Austin. You're awesome. You're a warrior and, and a soldier of the truth. And we are on the verge. I mean, we're in a battle between good and evil and we're on the verge of change. And we really have to stand the test of time. This is the hill we have to stand and maybe possibly die on. But to fail to support what is good and to fail to expose what is evil is unacceptable. And Red Pill uh, Revolution is doing just that, exposing evil, bringing to light the truth and uh, the, the, the enemy are cornered rats on a sinking ship. It's a matter of time that they, w they lose the war because this is the last battle and we will triumph over evil. Amen, brother. Well, keep doing what you're doing and you completely embody that uh, statement of, you know, pushing back against something that you believe is wrong and obviously live your life in a way where, where you hold that to be true and, and not only hold it to be true ideologically, but, but physically too, by, by continuing to push the word out. So uh, thank, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, everybody.